0: back to the episode.
1: Hey, my friends, before we dive into today's episode, I hear from online entrepreneurs every day that Facebook and Instagram ads make them want to pull their hair out. They're overwhelmed and intimidated when it comes to getting results with Facebook and Instagram ads, not to mention they're afraid of flushing money down the toilet. Right. Well, if you're an online expert, in other words, you are an online educator, you're an influencer, you're a coach, you are a course creator, you're a consultant, maybe you're doing webinars, membership programs, et cetera, and you're looking to grow your email list by reaching more of your target audience, you also want to have a bigger impact, help more people, and in the process, sell more of your programs or services, then I want to invite you to my online training. It's called how to create a winning Facebook and Instagram ads campaign without wasting time getting overwhelmed or breaking the bank. And you can sign up for that training at rickmulready.com forward slash training. Among other things on this training, you're going to learn my three phase framework for getting results with your Facebook and Instagram ad campaigns in less time right? It's all about getting ROI with your campaigns without that overwhelm. You're also going to learn the three most common mistakes that I see people making with their Facebook and Instagram ad campaigns and how you can avoid them. Those things and a whole lot more. Look, I love being able to help you remove all that overwhelm and fear when it comes to creating winning Facebook and Instagram ad campaigns, because I know that you then get to have a bigger impact while expanding your audience, attracting more attention, growing your email list, and in the process, making more sales. So again, the link to sign up for the training is rickmulready.com forward slash training. Okay, let's dive into it. What do you get when you combine simplified digital marketing, proven ROI strategies, and Metallica blasting from his headphones? You get Rick Moore ready, of course. So strap in, grab your bulletproof coffee, and get ready, because this is the art of pay traffic. Here's Rick. All right, all right, all right. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to... The Art of Page Traffic Podcast. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with me today. Really appreciate it. Whatever you're up to right now, hope you're having an awesome day. I'm Rick Mulready, and I'm here to help you grow and scale your business so that you can reach more people, amplify your impact, and as a result, help more people. Because when you do all that, you and your audience get to have a better life. And those are the things that it's all about, right? So, Guys, I'm so excited about today's episode. Joining me on the show today is my buddy and brilliant YouTube ads wizard, as we'll call him, Tom Breeze. And uh, Tom runs a UK-based YouTube ads agency that works with some huge brands and online influencers. And this is actually Tom's fourth appearance on the podcast, giving him the, the distinguished honor of being my only guest ever to appear on the show that many times. I wish we had like an AOPT blazer like they do on Saturday Night Live when you've hosted the show five times and they get like a special blazer. We're gonna have like an AOPT blazer (laughs) for the number of times somebody's been on. So Tom is joining me here not to talk about YouTube ads today. Although we do start out talking a little bit um, about YouTube ads. What we're really gonna dive into is answering the question that I get all the time, pretty much on a daily basis. And that is, we're gonna answer the question today, how much should you be spending on your ad campaigns? And he's gonna break this down by getting into all the stats that we should be keeping an eye on if we want to be running successful ad campaigns, now this is whether you're running Facebook and Instagram ad campaigns, whether you're running YouTube ad campaigns or, um, Google display net, whatever it is. Okay. By the end of this episode, you're going to have an equation for calculating your exact cost for acquiring a customer, which then informs exactly how much you can be spending per lead. And Tom has essentially created a framework for not only calculating the cost to acquire a customer, but also bake in a profit margin to your calculation. And if you're familiar with Michael Michalowicz's, I think I'm pronouncing that right, um, concept of profit first, you're going to recognize what Tom's doing here in the episode to apply those profit first principles to your online advertising. Now... When Tom and I got talking about this, I actually had no idea he was going to go down, you know, this rabbit hole of what we're talking about here today. And I'm so glad he did. This is one of those episodes that after I did the interview with Tom, I hung up and I was like so jacked up. I was so pumped to be sharing this with you because I was like, man, that was such a good episode. Well, I'm so excited to share it with you today. Now, this episode, I'm going to warn you, is a little bit math heavy, okay? So, if you're like me and you are a visual person, I have put together a PDF download for you to accompany this episode, and that PDF download is going to outline the calculation that Tom shares today so that you can run this calculation in your business, okay? So to download this PDF, just go to rickmulready.com forward slash 278. Again, that's rickmulready.com forward slash 278. Also with Tom today, you're going to learn the diversification of traffic strategies and why that's really important. We're going to talk about Facebook ads versus YouTube ads. We're going to talk about the different types of offers that work best on YouTube versus Facebook ads. So that's the first part of our conversation. We are going to get into a little bit of YouTube ads. Then we shift into the uh, calculation part. All right. And if you're not a math person, please do not glaze over or hit stop this is a game-changing episode as i mentioned i was so excited to to have this episode for you today so you're going to learn how to calculate the revenue per lead you're going to learn a simple trick for increasing your average customer value we're going to talk about why coming up with a hypothesis can be super helpful for improving the success of your sales funnel and a whole bunch more here today with Tom. So excited to dive into this episode and geek out with you today. So without further ado, let's go hang out with Tom Breeze. Tom, welcome back to the show, my man. How you doing, brother?
2: Very good, Rick. How things?
1: Uh, things are good. We missed each other at Traffic and Conversion uh, this year, but um, I know. So you're going to be back uh, here in San Diego for Social Media Marketing World, which is uh, which I'm always uh, excited to uh, to catch up with you. Thank you for coming back on the show here. We've been trying to arrange this for a little while, and we're going to kind of take a little bit of a different, uh, different approach here, uh, having you back on the show. But for those one or two people who listen, who do not know who Tom Breeze is... <laughs> Uh, A little bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, about your agency there in the UK.
2: Yeah. Okay, cool. So for those people that don't know who I am, they must be crazy to not know know who I am. (laughs) you're a brand (laughs) new listener. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I am a YouTube ads geek. So I run an agency here in the UK. We create videos. So video ads purely for the YouTube ad platform and we run accounts for clients. Um, We're a CPA agency, so we do things in a slightly different way to most agencies. We don't do the percentage of ad spend model or the management fee model. We do it in a very different way where we, we fund the advertising and do all of the creative and run the accounts for no cost, we get paid on results. So slightly different model, but it feels like we partner up with clients as opposed to be an agency client relationship. And that's worked really well for clients and for us. And we've grown and scaled with companies like that. We work with some big names in the corporate space and also in the kind of internet marketing, kind of guru space as well. Quite a few names in those sorts of areas, but the yeah, we are just really known for YouTube ads. That's all we do. We don't do Facebook. We don't do Instagram. I have an appreciation of it and I know how to play nice with those platforms, but YouTube ads is where our focus is.
1: Yeah, and from it, I mean, so you know, you just mentioned like you don't focus on 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 Facebook ads for example, but a lot of the principles that you've shared on past episodes here on this podcast, talking about what works well in a YouTube ad also can work well in a Facebook video ad from a content perspective, like from a structural perspective.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll, Come at things from a very psychological angle. That's my background. So I studied psychology, did my kind of degree and then my masters in psychology. So I I apply that to all the different ads we create to try and understand what people are going through, get in front of them at the right times with the right message and the right offer. And that is a universal kind of concept for all platforms. Because yeah. if you can understand what your is going through, let's say for example, it's Facebook, then you know it's gonna mostly be interest-based, someone going through their newsfeed and you're getting in front of them. Whereas with YouTube, it tends to be more of an intense focused audience. So people are going there because they want to know something, do something, buy something, but they're already motivated. So by getting in front of that audience, you're already at a place where you can talk to them and you know, they're going to be interested. So we don't need to grab their attention. We already know they're interested. So slightly different concepts, but then even the offer that you would choose on Facebook versus YouTube would typically be different. So I know something like book funnels can work really well on Facebook and really scale because people might say, Oh, I really want that book. I don't mind if it arrives my doorstep four seven days later, that's fine because I really want that information. Whereas with YouTube, people want answers there and then, and whilst book funnels can work, most people on youtube are like i want an answer to my problem now and that's why things like webinars can work so much more efficiently because if you have like an auto webinar or an evergreen webinar people sign up to it there and then people have got more time typically when they're on youtube because they're looking for answers. And then if they sign up to your webinar, you've got a very good opportunity to turn them into a customer at that point. But um, people aren't so interested on YouTube to wait for seven days for their answer until it arrives on their doorstep. And then they've got to go through that book themselves to work out the answer for themselves. (laughs) So it means that the offer and the psychology of the type of customers you're getting in front of is different. And therefore, you just need to tweak your message more than completely change your message. So yeah. So what we do on YouTube is very applicable to most other platforms as well.
1: Now, I mean, this isn't, this isn't the topic of the episode here today, but since I think this is a really important to point to kind of dive into real quick here, as you're talking about the two different platforms, like, you know, we always, we always talk about here on the show diversification, right? So mm-hmm. different, different strategies, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Most people, most people listening to the show are doing some form of Facebook ads, or at least considering doing Facebook ads. At one point, you know, you just talked about the differences of the type of offers that will, you know, work better, quote unquote, you know, per platform, Facebook versus YouTube. How should somebody be thinking about if they're thinking about diversifying, whether, or if let's just say they are on Facebook, how are they thinking about, okay, you know what? YouTube is the next platform that I should,
2: you know, start to test out here. Mm, good question. So, the that's not an easy one to answer because it will be case by case for each different industry and marketplace but i'll do my best to generalize the answer but the the way that i think about things on facebook is like you can put something in front of someone if if it makes them feel like oh yeah i desperately want that doesn't matter about time scales and that funnel works really well that's great that works fantastically well When you say for example you're going to move from facebook to youtube which is a very normal jump most people do facebook first and then move to youtube afterwards or other platforms with youtube you are dealing with a search audience who want answers there and then right at that moment in time and they want relevancy as well so you want to make sure that your offer addresses the issue as quickly as possible and it provides value as quickly as possible so the, the best sort of offers that I love running from YouTube are things like webinars, as I say, uh, VSLs can work really well. Lead magnets like PDFs and things can work really well, but you'll need a quick follow-up because one of the other factors of the offer that you want to have on YouTube is you ideally want to liquidate your cost of ad spend as quickly as possible. So let's say, for example, someone's coming through a webinar, it's auto webinar, so it runs immediately. So it's like an on-demand training. Mm-hmm. They get through it and it's like a 45 minutes to a an hour long kind of workshop, for example, at the end of it, you're going to kind of give that offer to upgrade and go and purchase your product, your window from the point at which they turn from watching your ad into a customer, it could be 24 hours. And that speed of turning someone from a viewer of your ad into a customer is really important because if it takes you 24 hours, you might have the money in your bank account before your before your ad spend goes out of your ad account. And that's great, because you're going to be always positive at that point if your funnel's working, of course. If it takes them six months to convert, it can still be a very high ROI campaign. The only problem is it's going to take six months to turn that lead into a customer. That's very valid. That happens with a lot of of businesses, but it's very difficult to run ad campaigns like that as well. So that transition across, I would say just make sure your offer... Uh, liquidates cost of ad spend as quickly as possible. But also it's, if you think about your customer psychology, are you giving them answers there and then that they're going to actually kind of want, and they're going to be happy to pay to go to the next stage. That's normally where I try and think about things and say, don't try and force the offer upon your audience, but do it the other way around say, what do my, my audience really want? Hopefully my offer fits for that, but maybe I need to tweak it slightly and position it slightly differently. So just, just to make it a complete no brainer, easy transition for them to say, do you know what? That's what I want right now. I'll sign in for that or buy that product or whatever it's going to be that you're going to be promoting at that point.
1: Now that leads us into what we are going to be talking about. We're going to be kind of deep diving in here to, to, into here today, as far as a, a numbers perspective, like you, you've got it. Like I mentioned all the time on the podcast here, guys is that you got to know your numbers in order to have a successful ad campaign, regardless of what platform that you are, uh, that you're, that you're using. And so, you know, I've asked Tom to come on here and talk about this. You know, again, we talked about other things on when we've had Tom on the show here talking about, uh, video content and and the types of things that we've been talking about here just now, but really diving into this whole numbers game. And so Tom, you just, you just mentioned number one, your whole agency is based on the numbers game, if you will. Like you mentioned, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you charge on a, on a, the, the, on the, on the CPA, you're not charging a percentage, you do all the work up front. And so number one, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in order for someone to be working with you, they really do need to know what their costs are. Like, what does it generally cost me from a lead into acquiring a customer? And mm-hmm. so like, all right, generally on, on Facebook, it's like, all right, whatever it is, $5, $5 a lead. And I know that I can get $5 leads all day long on Facebook. They come to you and say, Tom, you know what? We're getting $5 a lead on, on Facebook. And then this is where you guys come in and you're trying to, to beat that, correct me if I'm wrong here, and you're being paid on the difference between the lead costs and what you were able to, to bring it in. Is that roughly correct?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's slight tweaks to that, I sure. suppose. But like, because you'll tend to find that whilst... If you compare Facebook to YouTube, you might find that YouTube traffic is slightly more expensive to acquire a lead, but it'll yep. be might actually work out better from a Higher standpoint quality. of acquiring a customer. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So if you do if you try and compare the two platforms, it's better to look at them slightly differently and say, well, which one's profitable? And also can I afford both? Because you might say, well, okay, it costs us seven dollars a lead to acquire from YouTube, mm-hmm. but the customer generation number might be a hundred dollars per sale. And it's comparable to Facebook. And you're like, okay, well that kind of works. Or it might even be like $120 per sale on YouTube and $100 on Facebook, for example. And like, well, I can still deal with those numbers because we're still forexing on my profit margin. And so you're like, great. Well, that make that extra $20 from YouTube makes no no difference, but we're still scaling our company. We're getting the brand out there. There's all these other added bonuses. Diversifying. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And, And that's precisely it. Right. So, youtube is borrowing the google platform that's been around for years whereas facebook still has been around for years but it's still that younger platform and the big ad spenders are starting to come into the platform all the big corporates and things so the number the numbers are starting to look more competitive every year on year yeah it's it's kind of it's it's looking at it from a is this platform youtube a, a viable platform for you and going back to the offer thing again as well like it's is making sure that people look at youtube if they really want to get the best out of YouTube, it's looking at YouTube. Like I'm going to build an evergreen funnel of some sort. Like I'm always going to be selling this product in this way, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to be pushing this webinar consistently. Sometimes when clients come to us and they say, Hey, I've got this big launch coming up. I'd love to do YouTube for it as well. That's really tough because by the time you've optimized the account and started to scale it, you're getting some really good results. And then, okay, cool. That's the end of the launch. And we're good. We'll see you next year. (laughs) (laughs) That's really tough. You're just Um,
1: starting to get momentum from
2: it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's much easier if you can do launches, have some sort of lead gen that's always happening so you can find your audiences. And then when it comes to a launch, you can then say, great, well, we know where our audiences are. We just need to put different ads and offers in front of them and push it hard for a few weeks, for example. And that then tends to work a lot better. So knowing your numbers and you also
1: mentioned too, if you're going to do a platform like YouTube, you really want to, as you mentioned, monetize that lead as quickly as you possibly can so that, Mm -hmm. you know, that that money's coming in versus being, you know, as opposed to when it's being taken out of your ad account and you're paying for it. So you're always staying ahead. You're you're always staying positive there. So talk to us about, you know, the, the types of numbers that you really should be keeping an eye on if you want to have a successful campaign. And I know that, and, and I'm asking from a perspective of sort of cross platform, right? Because there's mm-hmm. the, generally the numbers that we're looking at are regardless of if I'm using Facebook, if I'm using YouTube, Pinterest, whatever it might be, what are some of those numbers and how do we use those numbers to sort of make our decisions in, if we want to have a successful ad campaign?
2: Yeah. So if I just take it back one stage first, I think that That'll probably put some context to this because I want to make sure it's applicable to all platforms. The formula that most people use when it comes to business in general is like when you're looking at your numbers as a business, you'll say, okay, what's our revenue? What's our cost? And if you subtract cost from revenue, you're going to end up with your profit. So the formula is revenue minus cost equals profit. And that's actually not a great equation to use in business or especially when it comes to advertising. Um, So there's a, there's a book that came out from Mike Michalowicz and it changed my viewpoint on my business. And it took me about another six months to realize, Oh my word, I should be using this for my ad accounts as well. But it, it changes that formula. So when most people are thinking revenue minus cost equals profit, it's not a great way of working with things because you're making that profit, what we call a lag measure. So you're saying revenue minus cost drum roll, please equals our profit. So you're kind of waiting to find out what your profit is at the end of everything that's been running. And it makes things very emotional because your revenue can go up and down based on lots of different factors. Your cost can go up and down based on many different factors as well. If like any algorithms change or anything like that, your costs can go up and down and you can have good days, you can have bad days. And if you have a bad day on revenue and a bad day on cost, your profit can look horrible. But then also if you have a really good day on revenue and a really good day on cost, your profit looks amazing. And it just sets this emotional roller coaster when you're running your whole account. And I've seen it time and time again from more kind of consultancy clients where they're kind of looking at the numbers and they're. Loving it when they're having a good day, and mm. they almost recalibrate at that level. They're like, "Okay, now I come to expect this level from now on in. <laughs> I want 10x returns on my ad spend from now on in. That's like where I want it to be. Sure. And the next day, the or the next week, the results don't come in quite as how they imagined based on that. And so all of a sudden, they have this big panic day and this big emotional roller coaster. And it serves no one—not the business owner, not the person that's going to be running the account, or anything like that. So. Mike McAdswell came out with is like, let's shift that around and turn it to revenue minus profit equals cost. So mathematically that makes no difference, right? So if you, so you, right, if you look at those numbers and you do the, do the equation change, then revenue minus profit equals cost. That's still a valid calculation uh, to go with, but it puts profit into this bracket where you start to choose your profit and it becomes something where you say, right, I want this level of profit From my ad campaigns. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I have to make that work for my cost. Now, whilst that's not going to be groundbreaking news for anybody, it makes such a difference to your psychology when you go in to advertise. Because when you realize you've got to make your cost work for the profit margin you want, all of a sudden you realize you're making certain sacrifices. Because if you want more and more profit, it's going to be harder and harder to scale because you've got less you've got less cost to work with anymore. But also you start to realize if you take loads and loads of profit, if you say, right, I want to take 50% of all our revenue, I want to take as profit. If you take that amount, what ends up happening is you get some great profit in the business. That's fine. But you also find that you're opening the door to competitors because if you're getting that good a profit margin, then everyone else wants in as well. Sure. Sure. So if you take a smaller percentage, and I normally recommend around about twenty-five percent profit margin of your revenue, that at that on, point on, it means on your campaigns. On your on your ads. On your campaigns, yeah, exactly. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay, so on your it. ads. So you okay. say, okay, my revenue is five hundred dollars. I'm gonna take twenty-five percent of that as profit and the rest I'm gonna leave as available spend if I want to. Now you might make much more than that. You might find it near impossible to even do better than that, if it makes sense. So you might just find like you're you're generating more profit anyway, which is great. That's just all bonus. But I would suggest to people like take 20 to 25% as your profit margin, if you can afford it. And then just, if you've got available spend, you just go and spend it as as wisely as possible, but you can really scale into it. But also if you're starting to see that as leftover cost, then great. Either take it as profit or put it into things like branding or building your business or um, whatever else you can do to really cement your leadership status in your field. And that's how I look at things now. So I look at like, if I'm looking at an account with a client, I'll say to them, and this is normally a prospecting stage. I'll say, right, what's your maximum CPA and what's your ideal CPA? And so your maximum is like, that's a break-even point. And your ideal is like, here's how much profit I want to make. And then I know what those numbers are with the clients and I can work within those parameters, mm-hmm. but you could do that for yourself as well. I would say, what's the revenue you make? What profit margin do you need to take from that? And then you say, great. If, if that profit margin you're happy with, and you're, you promise to be content with the rest of it goes on the cost and you can really then properly advertise. And if you have good days, amazing. If you have bad days, you'll probably still be able to make it work within that, that formula. And all of a sudden you, you start to advertise in a much more effective way. And that's a really, really important mindset to get into uh, to really scale and run accounts properly. And the best advertisers will do it in that way. They might not kind of lay it out in such a way, but they're looking to say, I want to be able to afford more per, customer than all yep. of my competitors, because then I can actually win every single time I go to advertise, whatever platform that is, I know I can spend more. And so that's a, it's a good way of looking at things. Because it's all a numbers game like this, uh, whenever doing paid right, ads, yeah. it's, all, it's all a numbers game.
1: And you know, a lot of people have said, you know, the more that, that, that it's the person who can spend more is the one that's going to win, but spending mm-hmm. more within a framework of like what you're talking about here. Now, yeah, Guys, the book that Tom's talking about with, um, I forget Michael's last name. Uh, McCallowitz. McCallowitz. Yeah. Okay. A uh, Profit First. Does, I'm curious, how does Michael know that you are now, you've, you've read the book and, you know, from a business perspective, now you're applying it to, to the agency and how you're viewing, you know, how to run ad campaigns. Does he know that? I'm just curious. He does not know that, but I'm, I'll be telling him very soon. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. So uh, I think this is really, really smart and I'm just, I'm taking notes here and you know, and, and guys, this is, I already know and Tom and I actually talked about this before we hit record uh, on the interview here is that this is one of those episodes that you're probably likely going to have to come back and listen to a couple of times for it to really, really sink in. Cause it's, you know, we're talking about, you know, concepts that, you kind of might like, all right, be nodding your head as you're listening to it, but then for it to really sink in, you know, come back to it a couple of times and, and listen to it. Now, Tom, when we're talking about the revenue minus the profit equals the cost, generally shooting for that 20 to 25% profit margin on your ad campaigns, can we kind of walk through this with an actual example of like, you know, simple numbers here? And I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. Is it possible? Th- can we, Can we walk through this with some actual, you know, just so that kind of, create some context for people in, in a more concrete manner. Like, all right, cool. Got it. This makes sense, but let's try to put it in actual example.
2: Okay. So what I think would be good in order to do that, I need to kind of break down how to look at these numbers. So what is revenue? What is cost? What is profit? And kind of make sure we're all good with that. So when we look at revenue, the numbers to keep an eye on um, is your AOV, your average order value. So how much are people actually spending with you On average per sale. So if you acquire a customer, what typically do they end up paying through that first 24 hours, 48 hour window, let's say. So that first funnel that's like just purely dedicated to acquiring new customers, let's say for example, it's a webinar. How much do people tend to spend on that webinar? And I actually factor in the variable costs of delivering that as well. So let's say for example, you're selling a $1,500 dollar course from a webinar Mm. and um, it costs you a hundred dollars because you might i don't know you might have some support in there or something along those lines just take a little bit out for the fact that you need to deliver that course and that content to people and so your average order value would be your fifteen hundred dollars minus your hundred dollar variable cost and you're left with like fourteen hundred dollars average order value that's kind of one of the numbers that you need to keep an eye on. And the other number that kind of comes into revenue is your conversion rate through your whole funnel. Um, so your funnel conversion rate I go, I go from like the point in which someone becomes a lead up into the point where someone becomes a customer. So how many customers do you get from the number of leads you've delivered? And what's your funnel conversion rate through that? And if you multiply those two numbers, your average order value, by your conversion rate through the funnel, then that'll equal your revenue. If you multiply it by the number of kind of um, uh, the, well, yeah, your average order value multiplied by your funnel conversion rate will be your revenue uh, per customer, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, got it. Yeah, so you you might say, for example, your average order value is $1,400. Your funnel conversion rate might be, well, I've got here, I've actually made some notes for a presentation I recently gave. So what I did is said, right, the people that... um, Come from let's say, for example, you do have a webinar example you might have of the people that do register for the webinar you've got seventy five percent of them turn up to the webinar thirty five percent of them decide to check out your sales page and ten percent of those people decide to buy from you and that means your your funnel conversion rate uh, would be two point six two five percent because you just do seventy five multiplied by thirty five multiplied by ten um, okay. percent yep yeah and then you're left with um, your so that's from every lead that's like your funnel conversion rate. And you know you're, you're making $1,400 from every single order. So you're saying, right, your revenue per lead then becomes 2.625% multiplied by $1,400 and that'll equal $36.75. So $36.75. I don't expect people to be able to do those numbers straight away in their head. <laughs> but um, as soon as you know what your revenue per lead is, that's a really good number to know. Like what are you actually earning per lead that signs up on average? And that yeah, as I say, that's your AOV, your average order value multiplied by your funnel conversion rate. And that will give you your revenue per lead. That's like the number to keep an eye on as you're scaling. That's like a really, really important number to, to work on. Yep so the um, there's a couple of ways you can improve that number I mean obviously looking to do whatever you can to improve your sales conversion rates Um, pulling back on Mike McAllowitz actually um, so I bought his book Clockwork and he sent me a personalized video through um, a website called Bonjoro yeah so it's um, you probably know it yeah so B-O-N-J-O-R-O and he sent me the personalized video talks about my domain name and all that sort of stuff and I was like wow this is amazing like from a guru person, like loving his stuff, read all his books. He sent me a personalized video and he's like, Oh, and if you want to check out this course I've got um, for all the people that want to implement clockwork into their business, just click here. I bought probably within the space of 10 seconds. I didn't even look at the sales page. I was like, yep, bought done. <laughs> um, so oh, like, wait, it was $10,000. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll work out that later. That, that bit later yeah. <laughs> um, But like that must massively improve his, not necessarily his average order value, but definitely improves his his conversion rates because uh, that personalized touch will just make people want to buy immediately. But sometimes those kind of touch points at certain important points can really improve your conversion rates. And so that's the sort of stuff that can really, really help. So once you've worked out what your revenue per lead is, that's normally where I start. In this instance, it's $36.75 then you want to minus your profit. So let's say, for example, we're going to take that 25% profit from our revenue. Mm -hmm. Obviously you do 25% of your revenue of the 3675. And that will mean that you're going to take as a profit margin, $9 and 19 cents. So it's 36.75 multiplied by 0.25, your profit margin. And that's going to be $9 and 19 cents. And that means your cost at the end of it will be 3675 minus nine, $19 mm-hmm. And your cost is $27.56. Now, that number there, $27.56, whilst it's an arbitrary number, that means that's how much money you've got to play with in order to acquire a new lead through that funnel. And you were saying earlier, like $5 a lead, yeah, you can make that happen all day long. Imagine if you said, right, I've worked out these numbers for this first funnel, and I'm just going to take my 25% profit and I can acquire leads for $27.56. Now imagine going to Facebook and saying, I want to advertise and I'm happy to pay $27.56 a lead. There's n- like, you'll be able to beat the competition. You're not playing by the comparison rules of every other business that's out there. Like, well, I'm getting leads for $3. Well, I'm getting leads for $7. And yeah. you're saying, well, I can, I can afford to get leads for $27.56. <laughs> Your certainty of going into that that marketplace now is such that you're saying, do you know what? I'm happy to spend more than everybody else. Yes. I might not have as great a profit margin off this first funnel, but I don't care about that because I'm going to scale this to a huge amount." And I'm going to build other products on the back of this, other masterminds, other courses, other, other things you can do to deliver great value to that mass of growing people coming through because you're willing to spend more than the competition. And so it's just a mindset shift because your first funnel doesn't become your business anymore. Your first funnel just becomes how we're going to acquire leads and sales as aggressively as possible, still taking a good profit margin. But just scaling to an insane amount, so you actually really grow a company very quickly, and that's the shift I'm hoping everyone gets. Because when they can afford more, you can end up like just really concentrating on the back end of your business, and that's where all the money is. You might as well just yeah. focus there um, and not focus on trying to shave some more profit. And instead of five xing, six xing your ad spend to turn into a profit, it's like. Don't look at it like that. Look at it as like break even or tiny bit of profit off that first funnel and then just build a massive business.
1: I am like, I'm like, I'm just standing here smiling just because (laughs) you just broke it down so simply. And guys, I don't know if you realize this or not, but the, million dollar question, no pun intended to how much should I spend on my ads, which is a question that I get, get asked all the time. I know Tom, you get that asked all the time. Hmm. This is the answer right here. Now, granted, if you're just starting out and you don't have these numbers yet, you're working towards being able to calculate something like this so that you can answer specifically, oh, I'm baking in a profit margin right now of 25% as an example. And with that, I know that I can spend up to, in this example that Tom just mentioned here, $27 and 56 cents. So I can spend per lead up to that amount. Now you have a very specific number to be shooting for, right? Even if Mm you, let's just say you go over that just slightly, you're still making a profit there because you've baked that profit margin into that cost. And so this is, I mean, I'm so glad you just, you've, you've broken it down in this, like just simple, easy step-by-step for people to, you know, again, like guys, going back to what I said before, this is probably something you're gonna have to listen to a couple of times. to just really grasp what we're talking about here. But if you are running, if you have a funnel and you're tracking your numbers, this is another reason why you've got to know your numbers and calculating that, you know, the revenue minus the profit equals the cost knowing that you need to you know, be able to calculate your average order value of acquiring that customer, knowing what your final conversion rate is, determining what that is, using that 20 to 25% profit margin and multiplying that times your, your revenue per lead. And then you know, coming up with the, uh, the cost of taking that revenue, in this case here, it was $36.75 minus that profit margin of $9.19. I mean, boom, it's step by step by step and just as tom just mentioned you're using these numbers to to scale the business because you're working at it from the
2: back end exactly and that's and that's the amazing thing is that every big business that we've worked with who have really scaled their companies rapidly they've thought of it like this they just want to give me as an ads guy and the other agencies as much room to scale as possible because they're just like, do you know what? I'm going to give you an amazing price just to go and make this happen, go and scale, go and test, go and do whatever you need to do. And I'm not going to be on your back to really try and nail you down on the, on the lowest cost. Cause they know that the money is like, just get me leads in and sales in that'll break even at this point in the, in the business. And if you just drive customers to me for free, basically that come through that first funnel, then I know that's just the first piece of 20 things we're going to do with customers. And, the, and it's, it's, it's a whole business here. It's not just like, here's one funnel. And that's what the bill our business is built on. It's like that one funnel just acquires new customers at scale and I'll make the rest of it work. And they do, they work, they just work tirelessly on the next funnel and the next offer they have and providing huge amounts of value. And it means they can scale quickly because they're willing to go that route. So it makes such a big difference. And any client that we've worked with that has that mindset and gets it at this level mm-hmm. tends to do incredibly well and scales. And also as they're dealing with more and more data, inevitably they get the best results because they can spend the money to work out where all the best areas are and then really scale up in those areas. So you end up getting a better cost per lead than the rest of the competition anyway, but that's almost like a byproduct. So they don't really mind about that. Uh, they're just looking to scale and grow their companies.
1: So as you're talking about the scaling part there, and you mentioned a couple of examples on how to increase that, you know, the average, uh, the order value and so on, and, and increase that from a revenue perspective, once someone has dialed this in, let's just say they come up with that $27 and 56 cents, the example that you used. Okay, cool. I know that number. I'm getting leads for less than that. So I know I'm even more profitable than that, than that 25%. Do you recommend working on that existing funnel in order to kind of like, or what levers can we pull to increase the numbers here or improve? I should say the numbers here, or is it more of a recommendation to, okay, I've got this funnel dialed in. I know I'm acquiring customers at, I'm bringing them in for, you know, I'm breaking even or making profit on it do you recommend focusing on those levers within that existing funnel or as you're talking about adding additional funnels to it to increase and scale
2: the business that way? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's, a, it's such a good question. I'm so glad you asked it because we are geeky on this. Um, so this comes down to uh, as much as I don't like to go into this level of content for a podcast, we're, we're going there, Rick. So let's go for it. Let's, let's go um, there, <laughs> so the by, way that by, we- by the way real, real quick real quick Tom's
1: already interrupt you for guys listen everybody listening right now so Tom got on, we knew what we going to talk about, but pretty much like as with every guest that comes on, I have no idea where the conversation's gonna go. I know what <laughs> I wanna focus on, but it's more of like, I tell every guest, it's like we're sitting down for coffee, right? So it's like, Tom and I are sitting down for coffee and you guys get to sit at the table with us. And you know, so Tom even had no idea where this was gonna go when we came on. So I love the fact that we're getting into this depth because like, this is where it's at guys. This is the, this is what it's all about from, you know, being able to answer that question of how much should I, how much should I spend? And also how do I scale not only my campaigns, but how do I scale my business? So sorry, yeah. sidebar, I'll get off the, uh, my little soapbox there, Tom.
2: No, it's great. It's so good. Cause normally people are like, okay, so how do you start the beginning of a video ad? I'm like, ah, oh, okay, cool. This is for the 40,000. I was just going to say, I've been talking about this for years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so I get to talk about something fresh, which is nice. Totally. So um, the way we do it is we work out the amount of variance and the probability of actually improving a number. And then seeing if it's actually worth it so the way we do that is it'll depend on the numbers but like let's say for example we do well a good example is with youtube we'll we'll split test quite heavily so we'll say right does this ad work better than this ad and we might do that multiple times and we'll measure the numbers we're looking for so with youtube it becomes a calculation of the view rate multiplied by the cost per view and then that number divided by your click-through rate and that's like the way to work out your cost per click on YouTube, effectively. But with knowing that the levers you can pull are the view rate and the click through rate and the cost per view, those three levers are ones that you can say, right, which one do I want to pull and how hard and can I actually the amount of work that I do will those levers actually move too much? So let's say for example we're working on view rate, and the idea is we want to get the view rate down uh, to around about twenty percent. Now if I was to go in, let's say for example, it was at 30% and I went and created five or six new ads to try and get that 30% down to 20%, I could do that and it may work. It may not work. I would look at the amount of variance there. So let's say for example, I'd run it and I created these six new ads to try and split test and find one that has a better view rate. And I say, right, we've come, the original one is at 30%. And now the other six that I've created, I've got one at at 26 percent one at 27 percent three at 33 percent or whatever it might be and you're starting to look and say right we did loads and loads of work just for a very small nudge in the right direction and but then you also see like right that's quite a nice grouping as well in terms of um, they're all quite close to each other it ranges from 26 percent to 33 percent and there's now seven ads in that area mm-hmm. it's very unlikely that i'm going to get a massive shift to go from down to 20%, that dramatic drop, it's unlikely that's going to happen easily. It might be another 50 ads I need to go and test. And so there's a lot of work to try and nudge one number in the right direction. But then I might look at the click-through rate, for example, and we go and create one ad and we say, okay, the click-through rate is at 1% uh, from impressions to a click to the website. And we look at that and we think, okay, well, let's create six new ads there. And all of a sudden I noticed that so we've got one at one percent, one at 0.2%, one at 2.3%, and you've got all this variance again. And all of a sudden you're like, actually, hang on a second. These are like like one's more than double, like twice as powerful as the next one, and one's three times as powerful as the next one, but then one's like a tenth of the power as the next one. You start to realize there's huge amounts of variance there. And as soon as you see that, you're like, okay, that's really interesting because we can actually influence that a lot more easily than we can the view rate that we we're looking at earlier. So you can put effort into that number. Then it has a profound impact across the whole account. And so you just look for the numbers that are easy to to work with. And the way to actually work that out is using standard deviations and There's a lot of calculations that come into that, but there there are online tools to help you with that. So you just plug in all the numbers you've got so far and you look at the standard deviation there. And if the standard deviation is a small number, then it's more difficult to influence it than if it's a a bigger number. Mm -hmm. And so you start to get a bit more geeky there, but the good idea is, is to look through the whole funnel, work out which numbers are easiest to play with that have the biggest impact. And as soon as you work out which numbers you can actually play, let's say for example, you've got a really low opt-in rate to your webinar or well, registration rates. So people hit the landing page, but don't register. And it's like a 4% or something ridiculously low. You're like, I think there might be something wrong with this page. And you look at it and you're like, Oh yeah, I could change four different things here. And all of a sudden it goes from 4% to 20%. And you're like, I could still fix loads of more stuff. And it goes from 20 to 30%. Those things are like low effort, maximum output. And so you're saying, right, those are the ones to work on. Yep. Um, but you're going to get to the point of like diminishing returns after a while because you put loads of effort in, but it doesn't actually improve the number too much. Yep. So you start looking at this like, right, all the improvements don't really help too much over time and best to work on the next thing. So you can kind of, you work out if it's worth continuing to work really, really hard on that original funnel. Or you then say, well, we're getting to the point of no return, across all this, that's a good enough funnel. It's working well enough. It's driving a lot of customers. My time is better spent now on converting those new customers coming through to high-end mastermind clients or whatever it is you've got on later um, that you're going to be promoting the next offer to people. So you just, you just work out where your time is best spent to deliver either better results or building a tighter net community.
1: I love it. So once they like, all right, so I just want to recap what Tom just said. And I know that he got deep there with some of the numbers, but the, but you know, and we talked about it before here in the show, looking at, first of all, you got to know your numbers. You got to know your numbers throughout the funnel. Once you do, and you've been able to do the calculations, like we've been talking about here today is all right. Are there areas of the funnel that you can start to tweak a little bit to make improvements and just like Tom just said, you know, this is what Tom was talking about, like the 80-20 principle, right? So 80% mm-hmm. of our uh, success is going to come from 20% of our efforts. Now, once you've made the tweaks and you're kind of like, all right, this, this funnel is kind of humming along here. Now it's the next thing. How can we take advantage of, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but like we brought all these, all these customers in. Now let's offer them something else. And correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but you're mentioning now they're in a new funnel via email, you're serving ads to them, that sort of thing with, with sort of the next logical offer. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, exactly. It, it's so funny when you see like, well, sorry, I won't go off topic. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. You're saying, right, where do I focus my next efforts? And is it building another offer to people? Is it serving them better? Is it ways, like you might increase the cost uh, for your course, or whatever it is you're promoting, you might um, increase the cost there. You're just, you're just looking at things and saying, actually, do you know what? I can really improve that number over here. Let's go and do that. Or it might be, let's build a new side of the business that we know that everyone's going to absolutely love. It might be a cross-sell, upsell, downsell, whatever it might be, that you're not offering right now. And there's always areas to improve across a business. So yeah, it's just choosing where to focus your efforts for maximum return.
1: Yeah, I love it. And and but as you said before, this is the base of and the foundation of scaling your business. Knowing these numbers give you very concrete insight, numbers, do, like dollar figures that dictate how well and how quickly you can scale your business.
2: Yeah. it's And what I was going to say is it's so funny. I go on Facebook sometimes and people will look at other people's, they know to me as well, because I know that I've got areas. that I can definitely improve on my website, mm-hmm. but so many um, people go on Facebook and say, Hey, I just had a look at this and you could really do with a bit of an upgrade here on this. And <laughs> it would improve things by this amount. And you're like, the worst place to do it in the world is, is on Facebook live in front of people. Right. Um, but that's people do that. Right. But the, the really interesting thing is that the business owner that's probably doing it, it's like, that's the least of my worries right now. Like if I can improve that by 20% or something. And that doesn't bother me at all. I've got this bigger thing that I'm dealing with on right here. That's like, that's the 10th thing on my to-do list. I know it's there and it can be improved, but I got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. And um, so it's always interesting. It's like, yes, there's always things we can be doing to improve things, but you just need to make sure you're focusing the right stuff. Um, yeah. And knowing these
1: numbers allows you to be able to answer what those quote unquote right things are
2: yeah exactly yeah. like we've got a case study where we i mean from from youtube as i said it kind of gets a bit geeky with the view rates cost per views click-through rates and mm-hmm. conversion rates and things for the for the funnel but just to give people a, an idea like we our lead gen cost for one of our clients was nine dollars and 33 cents on a regular basis to a webinar and we were looking at the ads that drive the traffic to the webinar and we did some tweaks and tests for the video ads we were using. And we managed to drop the view rate from 35% to 25%, which is quite a big drop. 10% in a view rate is quite a lot, but it's not, an, it's not impossible. It's actually very easy to do that when you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we also improved the click-through rate from 1% to 1.5%. Now, just two numbers, like we're normally hitting those sorts of numbers anyway. So it was actually underperforming ads, then so it was more of a, a tweak of what we know we should have done the first time round, but those numbers improve things. And as a result, same spend, same, everything else, new ad improved on those two numbers. Our lead gen costs went from $9.33 down to $4 and 44 cents. Wow. Wow. Um, but then people are like ah i bet you're making more profit now i was like no we're at the same profit margin because that's what we decided earlier we just got more cost now so we moved that cost per view from eight cents to where it was to 16 cents we're like we're happy to spend twice as much now to acquire much more scale and so the customers just like great we haven't changed anything no profit margin We just scaled massively and that's what the choice you have then you can take more profit but If you're wise about it, you're better off saying, let's just scale massively. Um, So the lead gen costs end up going up a little bit more. more, Now it's around about six to $7 Mm -hmm. um, for a webinar registration But we're able to scale and try out loads of different marketing options and targeting options and different ads and things like that. And we're learning so much more rapidly and scaling that company a lot more rapidly as well. So it's kind of keeping an eye on things and knowing what numbers to influence and then deciding what you're going to do about those numbers as well. Because as I say, you can take more profit and brag about, Hey, we're 5Xing or whatever it is. But really what you want to do is is focus on how do we scale faster.
1: I'm so glad you brought that case study up because that just sort of solidifies in a real world way. What we've been talking about here. Um, before we wrap up here, review one more time, that funnel conversion rate. So you're taking the percentages of your funnel, use the example of a, of a webinar funnel. So was it the landing page conversion rate times the, um, times the, uh, show up rate, times the percentage of people who are actually purchasing on the webinar.
2: Is that right? Uh, so, yeah. So the, the steps I have for the webinar is you've got five key pages as such. So you would have the registration page. So that'd be the landing page. You'd have your thank you page. So people have just registered. Mm-hmm. The third page would be your attendee. Like did they actually attend the webinar? The fourth page would be the sales page. It's so the one they click through to, to investigate whether they want to buy or not. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth page would be, yeah, you've bought, like, thank you very much for your purchase. So those would be the five pages. And then the links between those would be your conversion rates between them. I don't take into consideration the registration to thank you page. So how many people actually opted in or registered for the webinar? I take it from the point at which they're on the CRM. So the point at which they've actually on the database at that point. So it takes them from the lead like a starting point as a lead that's just registered to the point at which they buy. And that's because I I believe from YouTube and from any ad platform as well is that the landing page is part of the ad experience and what you have as a landing page, they can tweak based on the ad they're seeing. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's a whole big environment there that, it's almost like at the point at which they're on the CRM, that's the point at which they're a lead. Whereas before that, it's part of the ad experience, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll say, right. So from the thank you page, which is the page they've just hit because they're now a lead and they're in the CRM, then it's like saying, great. Well, what are those rates through that funnel from thank you page to attendee page from attendee page to sales page and from sales page to sales thank you page. Gotcha. And so there'll be three jumps there. (laughs) And whatever those percentages are. So you might say, right, 75% of people turn up to the webinar because it's an auto evergreen webinar, like just in time or something. And then 35% of those people that attend the webinar decide to check out the sales page, not buy yet, but just click to go and see the sales page. And then 10% of those people that see the sales page will decide to, make a purchase. And so that'd be 75 multiplied by the 35 multiplied by the 10%. And that number there comes out at 2.625%. And that number is the kind of percentage of leads that turn into customers. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: I don't know what kind of, uh, I don't know what you're doing to get 75% show up rate but that's a whole other episode.
2: <laughs> uh, okay. So this is from, uh, that's kind of like auto webinars. So it's like on demand. I'm just kidding. YouTube. Like you can remember on YouTube, people have got time. They spend 40 minutes on YouTube. That's our average session duration on YouTube is people spend 40 minutes there. So you tend to find people that have got time to get their answers to their questions. And if you've got a webinar on it and it starts there and then they'll register and they'll stick around. And so you tend to find you get very, very high webinar. Uh, so that, so that number, that's an actual number that you're using. You're just making that up. Oh, okay. So these are arbitrary numbers that I'm just mentioning. No, but
1: right. Like, but, are, uh, but are you- But they're rough. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm they're, could you ex- expect that kind of show up rate on, if you're, if you're doing an evergreen webinar funnel on YouTube, can you expect that kind of show up rate roughly?
2: I'll be expecting between 60 and
1: 80%. Wow. Show up rate. I actually I had no idea. I had no idea. That's amazing.
2: I, I love an auto webinar. I can't, I, I like anything that starts. And like, if we've got an ad that says we have a webinar, like an auto on demand training right here, right now, click and sign up and register. Yeah. The short rates are ridiculously high. Um, I, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, now feel like I want to go and check those numbers just to make sure. But Tom
1: said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but if it's anything less than 60%, I'll be like, you're doing something wrong. Something, something's Interesting. happening. Interesting. Like, but, but we often do it in a way where we don't offer future replays or something like that. So it's sure. like you sign sure. up there and then for that, but then you tend to find you get a high sign in rate. And yeah, you should be able to get those sorts of numbers. But yeah, 75%, if you're dealing with a different number, that just means your funnel conversion rate is going to be slightly lower. And therefore, it's going to impact how much you can spend to acquire a lead. That shouldn't make a difference. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if, let's say, for example, it was to budge down to 60% from your 75%, you're still going to be like, instead of saying, right, your revenue per lead is now, instead of 36.75, it's now going to be thirty dollars and seventy five cents or thirty dollars in total. And then you take your profit margin out of that, and you're like you're left with twenty dollars to acquire a or more than that would be like twenty four dollars or something like that, mm-hmm. to acquire a new customer. That's like that's still plenty of money to go and acquire a new lead, if that makes sense. If you've got totally. twenty six dollars to go and acquire a new lead instead of thirty six dollars or whatever it might be, then you're still in good shape. <laughs> it's yeah. just um yeah, so it's just working out what your numbers are and try not to benchmark it against other people, but just say, right, here's what my funnel looks like. And then say, great. How much does that lead me to acquire a new lead? And then say, right, where are those areas that I can improve? Let's say, for example, you're getting a 30% shot to your webinar that can definitely be improved. And you can probably double that running auto webinars.
1: I, I mean, my mind's blown right now. So I honestly had no idea it was that high. It could be that high on, on YouTube. The last question I want to ask you here. Knowing these numbers and calculating these numbers, how long is there, you know, a period of time that someone should be running their funnel to calculate these numbers before kind of saying, you know what, okay, this is, I got a pretty good grasp of, of what my cost is here. Then I can, you know, then I can kind of either decide to tweak or scale into like the next, you know, the next funnel or is it more of a case of, you know what, they run a funnel for, you know, two weeks or something like that. Okay, cool. These are the numbers I'm getting and this is what it is. And on the next thing, is there a sort of a, you know, something that like a frame that you recommend to be looking at these numbers?
2: I would be looking at them. I mean, I wouldn't say every day, but like as soon as I start running campaigns, I keep an eye on these numbers immediately. Mm-hmm. Like we have them reporting in so we can see exactly what that looks like. Because before we work with any client, we build out a hypothesis. That's something I learned from Chris Mercer, in fact, which I absolutely kind of live by now, which is to say, what's your hypothesis throughout the whole funnel? What do you expect these numbers to be? And sure, you might not hit those numbers, that's fine, but at least you know where your room for improvement is. But also you can diagnose where it it fell down. But we do a complete hypothesis beforehand of a whole account to say, okay, we know roughly what these numbers should look like. Obviously, we've never done YouTube ads with this client, and so we we don't actually know until we actually go live. And that first month is going to look terrible compared to the second month. But we start off with saying, right, what do we actually think our webinar registration rates going to be? What like ballpark figure? And they're like, Oh, well on Facebook, I get this and that great. Let's go with that number to begin with. Then, then like, what's your attendance rate? What's your click to sales page rate? What's your sales conversion rate on that page? And work it all out from there. And they say, right, now we know what your average order value is. We can kinda of guess that sometimes as well because we can say, Well, roughly they're gonna spend a thousand dollars to acquire like to buy this program and there are some upsells and what so I'm like, okay, cool, well let's just stick with that cost per acquisition of $1,000 then, and then all the upsells are just bonus. Work it backwards in the conversion rates through the funnel and say, okay, cool. And you want to take a 25% profit margin. That means your cost per lead needs to come in for this price. Would that make sense if those numbers hold? They're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm like, cool, okay. Then I look at my side as well to be like, right, what does my view rate need to be? What does my click-through rate need to be? What do I think my cost per view would be? And then you like start looking at that and what's the landing page conversion rate going to be. You start to work out on that side, what the numbers need to look like in order to hit those numbers. Mm-hmm. And if there's a good enough gap between them, then I'm like, this should work really well. And then we just go crazy on that. So we're never, we're never too sure, but we build out a hypothesis to be like, this is what we expect throughout the whole process. And if we hit those numbers, we should make a lot of money. Yep. If we start running the traffic and we're not hitting those numbers, or we're not making a lot of money, we can diagnose very quickly where we're falling down and why that's happening and what to do about it as well. So that's normally kind of the way we look at things. We build up the whole hypothesis and check in on it almost constantly. It's one of the things we just look at all the time. And uh, yeah, especially if you're running auto webinars because you've got data coming through all the time. It's not yeah, like you've got exactly. one big webinar and it all happens all at once. Yeah. Um, it's happening all the time. I am like... <laughs> I want to go do this right now. (laughs) That's so cool. I'm so
1: energized from it. This is awesome. Um, Dude, thank you so much for coming on back on the show here and taking us through this. This has been, like I said, I've taken so many notes here. Such good stuff. And like, like, you know, again, this comes down to, like I'm speechless right now, honestly. This comes down to, I talk about all the time. You've got to know your numbers. This answers the question, how much should I be spending on my, on my ads and granted again if you're just starting out you start tracking these numbers so that you can begin to tell this story of ad cost and 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 uh average customer value and that sort of thing so that you can begin to figure out okay this is how much i can be spending to acquire these customers in order to you know be to for the to scale and for profit and all that stuff and figure out that decision of okay when do i go on to creating another funnel so Tom, my man, thank you again so much. Super appreciate it. I want to make sure that people can connect with you, learn more about you. If they got these numbers, they can, they, if they want to work with you on, from a YouTube ads perspective with your agency, where can people connect with you?
2: Yeah. So the best places to go are viewability.co.uk. So that's .co.uk. So that's viewability.co.uk that's the best place to go and um, you can sign up there and my team will look after you. They're amazing. And so there's that. Um, you can also connect with me on Facebook if you wish to and send me a direct message or I don't know, do they call it a DM or a PM or I don't know. You can message um, me there. <laughs> message, <it>, yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, the other areas uh, to get hold of me. Yeah. Those are the best places. But also I wanted to just mention as well, like with, with all podcasts that I do I, I must say like Rick, the way that you interview people and the way that you ask questions and get information from people it's incredible, so Thank you, man. You, but it's it's um it's not only super enjoyable actually like doing these sorts of calls with you. Cause I think it's like my fourth time on it. I, I yeah. love this podcast. Yeah. But yeah, the way that you ask questions and the way that you go through things and clarify and ask the right questions at the right time is it's a real hard skill to learn and, and you've got it down pat. So it's amazing. Thank I appreciate
1: that, man. I appreciate that. Like I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I never come into an, an interview with a whole list of questions like, Oh, I got to hit this one, this one, this one, you know, when I, when I have a guest on, it's pretty much, like I said before, I don't know where it's going to go. I kind of, <laughs> I know like the angle that I want to take is from a, like, all right, I want to make sure that, that, that our audience here gets this, you know, from having my guest on, but where it goes, <laughs> I have no idea. So thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate that, Tom. Um, of course, I, yeah, I want to mention again, viewability. So V I E W A B I L I T Y dot C O dot UK. That's Tom's, agency's uh website. So viewability.co.uk. I'll link it up in the show notes. And then if you want to uh message Tom on Facebook, is it just is it just under under
2: you, Tom? I believe so. I'm okay. so terrible at this stuff. Yeah, so just search Tom Breeze and you'll see my smiley face there. Okay. Tom <laughs> breeze. That's the person to talk to. <laughs> B-
1: b-r-e-e-z-e Again, I'll link it up also for uh Tom's Facebook Messenger in the uh show notes for the episode here today. Tom, thank you again, my man. Really appreciate you coming back on the show. Of course, Rick. Thanks very much, buddy. All right. Was that mind-blowing or what? Such good stuff with Tom today. Don't forget, if you want to download the PDF where I wrote out the calculations for you that Tom shared so that you too can calculate how much that you should be spending on your ads, go to rickmulready.com forward slash Two seven eight. rickmulready.com forward slash 278. I know this was pretty math heavy today, you know, in a podcast format, which is why I put together this PDF for you. Also, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, if you're an online expert and you'd like to learn how to create winning Facebook and Instagram ad campaigns without wasting time, getting overwhelmed or breaking the bank, then I've got a free training for you which you can sign up for at rickmulready.com forward slash training. All right. Coming up in the next episode, I've got another quick tip episode coming your way. Thank you so much for tuning in today, listening to this podcast uh, each and every week. I really appreciate it. I do not take your attention lightly and it meets the world to me that you tune into the podcast here each and every week. So until the next quick tip episode coming your way in the next episode. (laughs) Until then, and as always, my friend, keep testing your online marketing to find out what works for you and your business, and then do more of what's working, right? And I'll see you in the next episode. Don't worry, there's more of RFP traffic coming soon. If you can't wait for more incredible digital marketing strategies, head over to rickmulready.com. We'll see you next time.